to the latest episode of Pinnacles NFL Insights. I'm your host, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, and I'm alongside PFF data scientist Ben Brown to help guide you through the world of the NFL with week-to-week reflections and projections. Ben, this is our penultimate show of the season. Uh, one more after this one uh, as we, we go to preview the Super Bowl, uh, which will include one of four teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, those are the four teams left, Ben, but we were at one point with 14 teams left since we last talked, Ben. How, what has surprised you about what has happened over the last two weeks? Yeah, definitely. It might not be the last two weeks, but I think the biggest surprise has to be the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, odds on favorite or whatever to kind of be that team that was going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season throughout numerous points, um, you know, not only in the preseason, but throughout, the, you know, uh, the vast part of the regular season as well. And, you know, them not living up to that billing as kind of being the top team in football. Obviously, they had injuries along the defensive you know, front four specifically with Bond Miller and never really figured out the pressure situation outside of that. And it, it seems like they very much took a step back with Brian DeBull moving on to become the head coach of the New York Giants. But they were a team that I, I would say, you know, we expected them to be the pinnacle or the upper echelon of the AFC teams. And it seems like they are very much, you know, a, a step or two behind uh, the, the Chiefs and and Bengals, and it just doesn't seem like they're going to actually be able to improve that sort of ranking. It does seem like their comp- or their their championship window it is very much closing a lot pe- uh, quicker than people expected. So uh, I'm concerned about them. I do think that's got to be probably the biggest surprise: the fact that they're not playing this weekend. I would say right now for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only thing that really lives up to the the lofty name of being the pinnacle is, yes. of course, the sports book that we're representing uh, in this podcast. Everybody else seems to to fall short when they get that uh, that that you know distinction. I would say, uh, you know, the other ones that kind of fell by the wayside that were interesting were uh, our hometown Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they fell as you know field goal favorites to the New York Giants at home, and, and then not to be undone, the Giants go uh, and get absolutely you know. You know, drilled by uh, the by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles coming off a bye were only really laying seven, seven and a half, uh, and that was the teaser leg of the century. Right. Uh, it felt like going through seven and three there uh, last Saturday night. Um, who impressed you the most of the teams that are left? Um, do you, you know? Kansas City won with their backup quarterback having to play some snaps. You know, the, the Bengals, of course, go on the road uh, and kill a, a Bills team, uh, like you said, that were, that were you know, the favorites to win the Super Bowl going into the season. But they also, you know, were given a game and, frankly, were lucky to win against a backup quarterback in Tyler Hundley the previous week at home. Right. So which team has been the most impressive to you on balance so far through the first two weeks of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to if you're comparing just the two weeks of the season. Of course, they or the playoffs. The, of course, they didn't play in the wild card round, but the Philadelphia Eagles they definitely dismantled the Giants team that was very clearly overmatched. But that that should kind of be the expectation when you have a roster kind of built the way that they do. That they are very much gonna pound teams when they're playing from ahead and can very much kind of play this bully type football where they're dominating both the offensive and defensive lines. And when they do get ahead, like they're, they're probably the toughest team in football to actually beat. So I think you had to be impressed with the Eagles. The question was like, did they peak too early? Were they going to be able to kind of get back to their early season, you know, rhythm or flow with Jalen Hurts kind of coming back from the shoulder injury. And I think, you know, for all intents and purposes, they very much answered that question. They very much look like a juggernaut. Or not. And I think that they very much, I would say, look like the better team if you're kind of sizing up 
where these teams kind of played and how well they played in the divisional round and trying to project that out in this conference championship round. Like to me, the, that spread with them against the 49ers just doesn't make a ton of sense coming off of that one week performance. But of course, you know, recency bias and everything else, you know, it is a pretty big, uh, you know, uh, a point that you kind of have to overcome at this point in the NFL season as well. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, one of the, the things that I'm looking at here is of the four teams that are left, is there any team that's sort of overachieving? Is there any team that sort of doesn't belong? And like, you know, my company, Sumer Sports, tweeted out, you know, sort of the um, you know records of the teams versus the point differential that they had and sort of who's off the line. And, you know, I do have to say that, you know, when you look at the top teams, you look at EPA per play on offense, you know, or you look at early downs, late downs. Um, you know, the Bengals, I think everybody believes that they're the hottest team in the AFC right now. But if you look at their season long metrics, I think that they're a tad below Kansas City. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. They're favored. Uh, and um, I think that maybe we're being a prisoner of the moment right now with the Bengals, uh, a team that, yeah, they've been very good and very impressive. Uh, they, they've won 12 games in the regular season, probably could have won 13 if they were given a chance in the, in the other bills game. Uh, and, and, and like you said, they, they kill the Bengal or uh, sorry, a bills team that is, is very good. And so we're giving them a lot of credit, but, I wonder if, if maybe they're not a little bit overvalued on the betting market right now. Right. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, the ideas of like momentum and everything else and the, 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 you know, the, the schedule against the same opponent, basically. And the fact that the Bengals are very much, you know, people would say they own the chiefs for the past few times that they've actually played. But I agree with you. I think that if you were heading into the Bengals match against the, against the bills last week, and I thought that their offensive line concerns were real and justified and very much reason why they might not win. Like, a lot of that hasn't necessarily changed. I do think a lot of the, 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 the success that they have could be maybe more random by the fact that the, the, the weather and everything else kind of played a role in the, in the bills, you know, defensive pass rushers, just not being able to take advantage of a really susceptible, you know, Bengals offensive line. But in, in saying that, like the chiefs defensively have kind of rounded into form, right. And they very much have playmakers along the interior of their defense and very much have gotten, you know, sound play from guys like Trent McDuffie and their secondary, the point where they are, you know, kind of, you know, moving in the right direction, at least from a defensive perspective. And I know the Bengals are the defense that are going to get a lot of hype in this particular matchup, but uh, I also think the chiefs match up really well against them. So I'm, I'm with you. I do think that, you know, in, in moving from, you know, the, the, the chiefs being favored on the opening number at pinnacle to now the, you know, the, the Bengals basically being like minus one and a half or something like handicapping this patch Mahomes injury situation is really difficult, but that definitely seems like an overreaction to the Bengals, given what we know about these current states of these teams, I would say. Yeah. And, and I just even want to look a little bit at, you know, season long stats. I mean, yards for play is a blunt instrument, but it, right. it does a pretty good job. And when you look at Kansas City, this season was seventh in the NFL in yards per play allowed right behind the, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and, you know, two two or three uh, tenths of a, uh, of a yard per play worse than the leading team, which is the Philadelphia Eagles this year on defense. The Cincinnati Bengals were 19th at 5.4. Um, you know, that, that you know, obviously has some merit to it. Um, when you look at in the passing game, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were sixth in, in net adjusted yards per play allowed. Um, you know, the Eagles were first, of course, um, but they actually have a better mark there than the San Francisco 49ers, who are 11th, uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals also 19th there. When you look at yards per rush allowed, and again, these are blunt. You can look at EPA. EPA is going to tell a similar story. The Chiefs are going to be a little bit down there because they didn't create as many turnovers, uh, but the Chiefs are 18th 
uh, in, in rush yards allowed per play. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, um, you know, they are, uh, you know, down there a little bit. I'm trying to find them, uh, you know, in this, in this state, actually they're ninth. So they're a little bit better against the run there. But, you know, I think a lot of narratives are built off of, you know, turnovers. The Bengals were ninth in turnover percentage per defensive drive. You know, the Eagles, uh, the the Eagles were third. The Niners were second. Kansas City, um, when we look at the Chiefs defense here, uh, you know, are all the way um, down at 21 at 10.3. So that's been, you know, kind of the EPA thing. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Jalen Watson, the seventh round pick out of Wazoo, gets an interception. Um, They've been playing him, Brian Cook, a rookie out of Cincinnati. Um, They've also been playing uh, George Karloftis. You know, so they they played a lot of rookies this year, along with Trent McDuffie, and they continue to get better. I had a tweet that said, you know, the, the great teams in the NFL play through their weaknesses during the regular season and the weaker teams uh, hide them. and the chiefs yeah. have played through their weaknesses this year, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, is, is a big um, part of why now they have fewer of them. Right. Um, does that mean, you know, necessarily they should be favored here, obviously with the Mahomes injury? No, but it, it, it's an interesting, uh, you know, thing to think about. Uh, ben, when we look at this outright market, these have changed a little bit upon open, but right now the, and, and pinnacle, one of the great books, obviously allowing us to see, uh, both yes and no on both of these as well. Um, and, uh, you know, right now we have, you know, the 49ers are plus 308, uh, to win the Super Bowl, minus 384, not to the Bengals are plus 255 and minus 312, not to, uh, the Chiefs are plus 281. So they're the third favorite, right? right now at minus 347 not to and then the eagles are the favorite at 243 minus 295 not to ben do you see for one obviously you can do the money line rollover you can do the calculation there it's probably uh, advisable but when you do have line movement like we've seen in the kansas city game sometimes the the futures are slow to adapt so do you think that there's any value here in the futures market no, but I definitely appreciate Pentacle at least giving a two-sided market. I don't think there's any other book that I've you know even seen that offering. So you definitely have to give kudos to them specifically for obviously offering both sides of this market because you rarely if ever see that. Maybe there's something there on the no side, but like you said, I think rolling in money line bets at this point for basically every team you know, based on where you kind of predict the Super Bowl spread to land at, given that team actually makes it, I do think that is a much better approach. So I, I think the only market I would maybe get involved in this, and I hate laying this much juice, but I'm very much not a believer in the San Francisco 49ers. And I do think that, you know, e- even in beating Dallas last week, like their flaws were kind of exposed. And if it wasn't for a DAC performance that was kind of in his like 10th percentile range, you know, the, the 49ers probably would have lost that game. And, and there was even some opportunities for the Cowboys to maybe turn over a couple of Brock Purdy's and there's, uh, you know, uh, bad throws. And if they would have done that, I think they would have emerged victorious. So the 49ers are a team I'm going to fade. Maybe I would consider laying the no minus 384, probably the only spot. But, you know, instead, I'm probably just going to take like the Eagles money line or something and roll it in that way, I would say. Yeah, so let's just start with that game. I think this game is getting almost no fanfare, and, and maybe that's just because I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and, and I am going to the game, and I've just been laser-focused on this team that has beaten my favorite team three consecutive times. Um, but maybe it also is just because, you know, the best player in the NFL is injured, and for the first time in his playoff career, he is going to be an underdog in a game. Um, 
you know, but the San Francisco 49ers go on the road, uh, plus two and a half minus two, 102 at pinnacle as the time of this recording, uh, total, you know, in that 46 range or so, um, you know, Eagles minus two and a half minus half, minus one ten. Um, Ben, what do you think about this number? Because I think it's a little longer on the side of the Eagles than, you know, the Jeffrey Benson's of Circa and some of the other handicappers would have said, um, you know, going into the week. But as you said, the Niners played a game that was not particularly impressive against the against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Where do you where do you do you like a side in this game? Do you like a to, uh, an over or under in this game? Uh, like, Ben, what is what is this game, you know, sort of you know, reaching out to you for? Yeah, definitely. I do like I do like the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think that, you know, specifically their defense, I would say, is kind of one of the only units that can kind of I would say match up fairly well against the 49ers offense that doesn't really rely on one guy and can get a number of guys open and in space and get the yards after the catch and everything else and allow Brock Purdy to kind of push the easy button in a lot of situations. But I think Philadelphia specifically, especially at the cornerback position, can kind of take away a lot of what the 49ers are going to try to do from, you know, a wide receiver perspective. And then it comes down to, you know, can the Eagles slow down George Kittle and can they kind of slow down Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield? So I I like that matchup for Philadelphia. I also think that if they do get up and get ahead, like they are very much going to be able to kind of, you know, dominate the trenches against what, you know, is widely considered a really good pass rush, but I still think that they have the pieces along the offensive line to actually still take advantage of them. So I like Philadelphia. Um, you know, I, I do think that anything before getting out to minus three makes a ton of sense, but I, I still am like waiting for the other shoe to drop with Brock Purdy, potentially like actually giving up one of these turnover worthy type plays and actually having the defense be able to take advantage of that. And if he does do that, I think that's the, all the separation that the Eagles are going to need. So I like Philadelphia here. Um, I, I just don't see it with San Francisco. I would say, and maybe I'm missing yeah. something. Maybe you see something I would say at this point, but uh, I, I very much think it's kind of Philadelphia or bust right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I would lay two and a half with Philadelphia. Um, I think the only look, you know, you could have is possibly San Francisco on a teaser up to eight and a half. Um, you know, now, the Bengals and Chiefs just kind of in a dead zone. You had at one point in time when the Chiefs were plus two and a half before right angle sports bet them. Uh, yes. You could have teased them up. Uh, you could have teased Cincinnati up at the very, very beginning when it was one and a half, two and a half. Um, but for now, I think the Eagles are the only side here. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that worries me if I'm a Philadelphia backer is neither one of these teams has been particularly tested. I think you know, I tweeted this out the other day, um, but the, uh, you know, the Eagles most difficult team that they've faced so far uh, this season has been our, our favorite team, the Detroit lions uh, in the, in the first week of the season, that's literally the best team that they played. Now, San Francisco, you know, you have, um, they you lost know, pretty handily lost to the, the Chiefs. Lost whatever, to the Chiefs. Right? Yeah, they yeah, beat they the lost Chargers. to the Chiefs by 21 right after they acquired McCaffrey. Um, and then since then, they have a, a win against the Chargers, but the Chargers were banged up. And I also don't think the Chargers are that good. Um, you know, Arizona, and New Orleans, uh, Miami kind of there. Although they were Tua, banged up you know, there that, too, That's right? another one. That's a nine and eight football team. The Bucks yeah. were frauds. The Seahawks were ultimately frauds. And, you know, you had the Vegas Raiders, the Washington Commanders, the Arizona Cardinals, the Seahawks again. I think Dallas last week, as weak as they were, it were the best team that the Irish have faced. So neither one of these teams has really been all that battle tested this year. And I think, you know, if, you know, this could be a live betting situation, like the Eagles are a team where, you know, they very much want a game like they had against the Giants. Who doesn't? But like, they're a team that when they can get out ahead, they can run the football with their quarterback. They can run the football with their backs. 
and just kind of play keep away. We've seen, you know, Monday night against Washington when they get behind, it's difficult for Hurts to sort of throw when they expect him to throw. The Indianapolis game, they came back and won that game, but the final drive that led to a touchdown had no completions in that game for the Eagles, right. um, you know, so on and so forth. So if you're the 49ers, I know our friend Josh Hermsmeyer wrote this article on 538 about this. Um, you want to use the fact of how good Kyle Shanahan is as a scripter. You want to get ahead. And I think if you get ahead in this game, then the Niners are actually an edge. Um, right. It just depends, you know, if the Philadelphia defense can get a stop or two, the, the Eagles can go downfield and get a score. Then I think the Eagles are an edge because right. that's really how they like to play. So it really is to me, the team that gets the first lead in this game, uh, I think is almost, you know, a sure to win, um, right. which is very interesting uh, in this one. So let's, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think you hit it. I mean, obviously, the scripted play set's going to not only be able to tell a lot, but also is very much going to drive the outcome of this game. But I agree. I also think like if you were listening to other people kind of handicap this matchup, like it is very much tilted in the one sided direction that the Eagles haven't played anybody. But both these teams haven't played anybody. Right. And both these teams, I would say, don't have a ton of legitimate wins on their schedule. So how are they going to actually do when they are not kind of capable of playing the bully type football you know, in the trenches and winning that way and establishing that and, and going in that direction. But I, I think there's just more upside leaning in Jalen Hurts direction if they are on equal playing fields. And he is kind of, the, I would say, almost like the X factor over Brock Purdy. So that's why I lean in the Philadelphia Eagles direction as well. But I do think you make a ton of good points as far as like where this game is going to be won is probably honestly on a scripted play set that starts off this matchup. Yeah, for sure. And these teams have come from a long way, right? The Eagles preseason were about 48 to one on pinnacle. Um, once they started the postseason, they were five to one. Now, of course, they were, uh, you know, as we talked about previously, uh, in a very good spot as the favorite at, my, at plus 243. Um, the 49ers preseason were 16 to one kind of darlings always uh, right. at that time. Um, and now, of course, uh, you know, they are the third favorite, fourth favorite, I'm sorry, at plus 308. Um, so, again, you know, if you bet either one of those teams early in the season, you're dealing with a lot of line value there. Let's talk about line value. If you bet the Bengals early on, the Chiefs open minus three, um, you know, even at minus one, not as much line value. And this is this is the point I want to talk about here. Uh, in this rematch of the AFC title game, the first rematch of an AFC championship game since the Ravens and the Patriots repeated from in 2011 and 2012. Uh, in that in that matchup, the Raven, the Patriots got the best of the Ravens in 2011. The Ravens got the best of the Patriots in 2012. The Chiefs are hoping a similar fate is in store here, uh, where they can get the the uh, the draw here and and, uh, and and even the score at one to one, and in fact, it'd be one to three because the Bengals have also won two regular season matchups in this series uh, in the last three as well. Um, I I these people that are on Twitter, man, and there are people that I respect, but they're like, oh, this line movement makes me believe that Mahomes isn't playing, folks. When the when the spread was minus one, you know, basically the implication, if you looked at like bet stamp or any you know, odds aggregator, was that the Chiefs were about fifty two percent to win. Um, the worst it ever got after that, and and it's come back a little bit, is is Chiefs, you know, basically what forty four percent chance to right. win. If you looked at you know the odd odds aggregators like bet stamp and stuff, they're currently forty six. So you're looking at a six percent change. 
then that's less of a, of a change in, in basically cover probability than going from two and a half to three and a half. Right. right so right. people, I think, especially in a postseason game where zero has no value are way overestimating this move from Kansas city to Cincinnati. The, the, the most notable thing was that the chiefs the initial mark got off three, but now that it's under three, I think that this thing ping pongs back and forth. And in fact, you could, you, you know, there, there's a, a part of me that believes that some of these groups are trying to head fake the market all the way out to Cincinnati minus three so that they can pile onto the Chiefs uh, once right. limits become the biggest. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised of that move. Obviously, like these these are the types of games where we see that movement, but it, it's interesting. I do think like the the biggest part of this handicap is very much the the effectiveness or whatever of Patrick Mahomes and how well he can actually play in our and if you're kind of judging it based on a ceiling type outcome performance from him specifically like the Chiefs should be pretty heavily favored I know we're looking you know at, at Pentacle and everything else PFF does have like a play-by-play simulation and I was kind of trying to at least go back and forth as far as like where would we be at with a fully healthy patch from Holmes? Where would we be at with like a top end performance from a guy like Chad Henney? And where would we be at with a, you know, bottom 50% performance from a guy like Patrick Mahomes? So like if we were projecting this all based on our simulation perspective, and we thought Patrick Mahomes was hundred percent, we would probably have this game closer to like a minus four spread for the Kansas city chiefs minus three and a half maybe. But I think that's kind of reflective of, where the market was at in in opening. And I do think if there wasn't a patch Mahomes injury concern when this market actually opened up, like that's kind of where we would have probably initially been at. And then we would have seen whether, you know, a ton of money would have flooded in early on the Bengals and pushed it down to three and then two and a half or not. I'm not quite sure, but I, I have a really hard time seeing us get through three with a fully healthy patch Mahomes. Now the question is, is like, how much do you discount Kansas city if Patrick Mahomes isn't in the fold? Right. And, and kind of using the basis of, you know, top end Chad Henny, bottom, bottom, bottom half, like uh patch of homes. I think you kind of arrive right at this minus one, minus one and a half spread for the Cincinnati Bengals. And you kind of see, you know, how things are going to play out through once again, like the, the first couple of plays, the first couple of drives. And I think you have to, understand and maybe gauge where Patrick Mahomes is going to be from his, you know, his ability to kind of navigate the pocket and his ability to extend plays with his legs to the point to actually get his receivers open downfield and give them time to actually create that separation. So I think like if you're playing something right now, like outside of the teasers that I'm sure everybody has kind of early on in the week, like I, I also kind of want to take a wait and see approach, but it's more based on, you know, how, how is Mahomes mo- moving in pregame and how is he moving in the first couple of drives before I'd really want to lock in one side. But if, if there's no qualms there, uh, I think it's very much chiefs or bust at that point in time, from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. And Jeffrey Benson of, of uh, Circa said four and a half, a six and a half of Mahomes is absolutely healthy. Uh, I think that, you know, again, this is a situation where, you know, we're just not thinking, you know, distributionally, uh, probabilistically in, in in the market. And, you know, I think this is not the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is one, uh, you know, event where the public does have some say as to where the number moves. Um, these are standalone games um, so that there is a thing there. Um, but, you know, the, the, the public doesn't have a big influence at all on betting markets. But, you know, I can't help but think of like all of the narratives around Cincinnati, you know, just remembering last week and forgetting that, you know, they have four losses this year. Three of them were, are word to backup quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Cooper rush and, and Jacoby Brissett all beat them this year. And, you know, in fact, if, 
if there's not a fumble return for a touchdown on a quarterback sneak from the one yard line, Tyler Huntley probably beats them right. uh, in the divisional round. And so not to say that Chad Henney could beat this or, or would be favored, um, but there's a there's an aspect uh, of, of you know, I think over, you know, overcompensating a lot of ways to get Cincinnati to this number right now, which is sitting at pinnacle Bengals minus one minus one twelve. Um, Chiefs are plus one even money. It's minus one twenty one for the Bengals on the money line, plus one oh eight for the Chiefs. This has gone down a little bit since that riot angle sports release really? uh, of the Chiefs plus two and a half. It never got to two and a half on Pinnacle. I saw it get to two, um, but we saw you know Cincinnati you know north of one thirty, like minus one thirty four. Um, so that has gone down you know twelve cents or so. Uh, so we have seen some you know resistance on the Chiefs. Uh, you know, this number does not reflect that Mahomes is not going to play. There's just simply right. no way that that's the case. If Mahomes wasn't playing, the Bengals would be minus four and a half or something like that. This is yeah. not uh, reflected there. So this is kind of in no man's land. And frankly, where the limits are right now and, you know, how many NFL games, especially playoff games, land one one or two, uh, I think that they're comfortable with this number right now. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm like you. I think the Chiefs are probably – the side here. I think all the other narratives are stupid and, you know, there's not really a, um, you know, a sound way, uh, you know, that to argue the Bengals side here, the, the Chiefs, especially if Mahomes is anywhere close to hundred percent, the Chiefs should be favored independent of what has happened the last three times right. uh, in Cincinnati and also uh, in the, in the AFC title game last year in Kansas city. So, um, you know, I think, this is this is one thing to think about here. Um, we have seen a lot of home teams uh, struggle this year, right? We saw the Bucks lose at home in the playoffs. We saw the Vikings losing the home in the playoffs, and then we saw the Bills last week get taken down. Home field advantage, of course, is is you know a thing where. Um, you know, it certainly matters. And I think rest is another part where people are missing out on, on the Chiefs, you know, having a day of rest. You know, the Eagles are having a day of rest over the Niners as well. What do you think as far as, you know, any of these sort of spot factors that could be uh, exploited in these lines? Yeah, definitely. I, I do think going back to, you know, the, the rest situation, especially at the start of the playoffs, was very much a spot that wasn't, I would say, correctly priced into the the, the futures market at that point in time. I do think in, in some ways, like there maybe should still be a little bit of an expectation that the Eagles are the most rested team because of the fact that they did go out and, and have the buy and then have a game where they could very much get a lot of their starters out by the, the latter half of the fourth quarter. And it wasn't like an overly, you know, taxing game from so many from that stretch of the imagination but i i think like the home field advantage obviously you know in prior seasons has been downweighted a little bit i still think that in some ways like the correct approach is probably to downweight it more than like the point and a half mean expectation that you see in a lot of spots right now but i i, I think the rest advantage is probably undervalued and i think that you know even with the patch mahomes injury situation like outside of that the chiefs should very much have you know, a, a much better rest type situation and a much better injury situation than what the Cincinnati Bengals have. And I think that's very much also the case in the NFC as well. So I, I think that's the spot that you lean on. And I do think there's probably still just a little bit of value on both of these number one seeds for that very reason. Yeah, for sure. And and you bring up a good point. Like aside from Mahomes, the Chiefs are very healthy. The Bengals are still uh, banged up uh, you know, on the offensive line. And, you know, I think that one mistake that folks made betting the Chiefs in 2020 was this thought that 
you know, just because offensive line injuries haven't reared their head doesn't mean they can't rear their head. Right. Right. And, you know, the Chiefs went 14 and two in 2020 with 60% of their offensive line out most of the year. They lose Eric Fisher in the in the championship round. And, you know, great, great game plan by Todd Bowles exploits them. Uh, there's no reason the Chiefs can't. You know, Chris Jones has you know six pressures last week, still without a playoff sack in his career. Frank Clark is tied with Reggie White with 12. Um, you know, they do bring some good blitzes. I do think that there's an opportunity for them uh, to have a game, you know, rushing the passer here. So I, I think we're both on the side of, you know, the favorites this week. You know, Philly, right. uh, and, well, and Kansas City is not the favorite anymore, but the, the two home teams, the, the Chiefs uh, and the Eagles, um, you know, the MVP race is all but done. Patrick Holmes is a clear uh, favorite. I don't think there's any value there. Um, we look at player props. Like I think in the, you know, in the, in the chiefs game, you really want to look at McKinnon. I think that, um, you know, Kelsey's probably gonna be covered up a little bit by these linebackers and safeties. But uh, so you're going to have to look places like Valdez Scantling and Smith Schuster. Kadarius Tony uh, will, I think be a marked man in this game. So I think, Jarek McKinnon, who had a you know a, a slightly down day for him uh, relative to where he had been the rest of the season, you know six straight games of the touchdown catch. I think he's the person you want to look at in player props. Ben, do you have any player prop uh, that you like? Yeah, I mean, I am looking at some of these alternate markets. I know we've kind of already harped on why we like the Chiefs, why we like the Eagles, but I think like, you know, specifically on Pentacle, you know, the the Eagles up at minus seven and a half plus 214 price. Like, I, I do think there are a lot of scenarios where this game does get away from the San Francisco 49ers. So playing maybe an alternate number at that plus price, you know, it is very much an approach that I'm trying to add to, I would say some of the betting opportunities that I make. So I do like that one quite a bit outside of that. You know, I, I, I do think, um, you know, a, a guy like it's, it's tough. Cause I don't, I don't really expect much production from the 49ers offense. So I do think like a guy like Brandon, Ayuk once again, this was a spot that I liked last week, him going under 3.5 receptions. The, the, the ball is just, I would say spread too thin. And I do think the matchup specifically against, you know, Darius Slay, James Bradbury is going to be a difficult one for Brandon Ayuk. So I think they're better off using those targets in other areas. So him to go under 3.5 receptions, I think is a really good look as well from the 49ers perspective, um, you know, in that game, especially if you do think, you know, the, the Eagles jump out early and kind of establish, um, you know, what they want to do. And then, you know, this is maybe a, a little bit of a hedge play on our chiefs love, but I also think Jamar chase is kind of like going to once again, be the focal point of the Bengals offense. I tried to buy into T Higgins a little bit last week, but you know, outside of chase, like the, 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 you know, the targets and the opportunities are very much spread thin between guys like Hayden Hurst and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. It's the only one that you can really buy into to kind of consistently get these first read type targets is Jamar chase. So him to go over 6.5 receptions. I know we talked up the, the chiefs defense and the chiefs secondary and everything else, but if you kind of expect the chiefs to get out to an early lead, you know, the, the Bengals are very much going to have to come back to the Jamar chase and he's had success previously against them. So uh, I think him going over 6.5 receptions is probably the only other spot that I really like, you know, from a player props perspective. Ben, we have an opportunity in this in, in this weekend uh, to basically have a you know a few firsts and a few first in a long times uh, here because the 
you know, if Patrick Mahomes were to make the, the Super Bowl, he'd be the first quarterback, first MVP to make the Super Bowl since Tom Brady in 2017. Brock Purdy, if he were to make the Super Bowl, he'd be likely the first rookie quarterback to ever start a Super Bowl. Right. So we have a few uh, interesting insights there. Uh, we do have just a team building aspect to this betting podcast. This will be the... Um, you know, I think, you know, since 2012, every single Super Bowl has included a quarterback or team built around a quarterback on rookie money uh, because the Eagles and the Niners with Lance uh, were that way. Um, every every Super Bowl but one, the the, the Matt Ryan uh, Falcons place and the Tom Brady uh, Patriots were the last time that that didn't happen and the only time since 2012. So, uh, you know, in the, the Bengals are, are, are built around a quarterback on rookie deal money and Joe Burrow. So that just you know goes to show uh, how hard it is to win with a quarterback on a veteran deal. Um, Awesome, man. This was a lot of fun. I know we're uh, we're just about done here. So that was the NFL insights for another week. Um, next time we we meet Ben, I will be in Glendale for the Super Bowl to cover the game. Um, we were we'll be at Pinnacle Podcast on all platforms to follow and keep up to date on all of Pinnacle's latest shows. Plus, keep across Pinnacle's betting resources page for Ben's latest article delving into the NFL playoffs with a detailed betting analysis on each team. Thank you for listening. We'll be back ahead of Super Bowl 57. You can win a $10,000 bet and other great prizes on the big game of betting on the playoffs of Pinnacle's Big Bet. Just click the link in the description to learn more about this great contest. Odds are correct at the time of recording. Please gamble responsibly. Stay classy, everybody.